What's going on, Cyclone fans? Welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. And a, well, <clears throat> this is the start of the Souk Up Summer Series, the 2020 edition um, of the Souk Up Summer Series. But it's going to be a different tone than what we were planning on here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, but that's okay. Uh, we wanted, we were planning on doing our first, and if you followed the podcast network over the years, you know how the Souk Up Summer Series rolls, but uh, we had a very newsy day in college athletics, and Brent Bloom and I both thought it would be rather, um, I mean, ill-served of our time to do anything other than the news of the day, which is the future of college football, the immediate future of college football. So that's what we are going to focus on today. And uh, then we're going to do the more fun Souk Up Summer Series topics at a later date. This is, uh, started this in 2015. Wow, did you look that up? Yeah. So So five years. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's been, this is maybe the highlight of what we do for me. Yeah, Just because it it allows to... To go back and explore some topics that um, don't get as explored in more depth, but based on the news of the day, I agree with you. Would be kind of odd to talk about you know the five best quarterbacks since 1996 when yeah. we're not sure what college football is even going to look like. Give a shout out to our friends at Sukup Manufacturing. They're best known for their top of the line grain bins and grain handling equipment. But did you know? that Sukup's newest product line is pre-engineered steel buildings. They've got a goal to offer the most customizable and best-fitting steel buildings on the market. So, if anybody out there in our audience is looking for a new machine shed or a steel building for your farm, check out Sukup Steel Buildings. You can learn more at the newly redesigned Sukup.com, and you can find your local Sukup dealer to get started today. All right, um... So here's the deal, Bloom. Big Ten comes out on Thursday afternoon, says we are going to be playing a uh, conference schedule only. We started hearing real rumblings of this on, I don't know, Tuesday is when I did. Um, Yeah, picking up up steam. The Ivies were a little bit of a first card to be played, although they're separate largely. Yeah. Um, overall, what is your reaction to today's news before we dig into what this might mean for Iowa State and college football going forward? Um, discouraging, but a logical first step, I would say. To canceling the season? Or uh, just, am I jumping the gun? No, there? I think you're jumping a little bit because, as we'll discuss, I mean, you just, I've, I've seen that a lot on social media and, and on the airwaves. I think it's a logical conclusion to make because it feels, it feels a lot like... March did where, you know, the conference tournaments were no fans and then postponed and then no NCAA tournament. It happened really quickly. This won't happen quickly. In my opinion, I think this is a way to buy some time and control what these conferences can control. And, you know, there's no guarantee though. You saw what the big 10 did and I, it was interesting because I know the the other conferences were aware that this was a possibility, but I I also think that the Big Ten maybe caught them off guard a little bit with how quickly they moved here. So re- reports are saying that, yeah, uh, because you wouldn't want to be left where Bob Bowlesby was tonight when asked about it, and him had not really have a response. Um, that shows to me that nobody was really prepared that this was going to happen this quickly, and you know the Big Ten. You saw it through the missile crisis 10 years ago. They were the first to go. They were the first to act because, you know, they they have a little bit more ammo behind them. I'd say them and the SEC, you knew we're going to be on one side of the spectrum here. Um, so, uh, you know, why So why do they do it, right? So the question is, well, what, what does this mean? Essentially, the Big Ten is saying, we have 14 teams. We can control those 14 teams a lot better than the 115 other programs in college football that could be wild cards. Because I can control my 14. I know what's happening with testing. I know what's happening on those campuses. I don't know what's happening on the campus of Louisiana Monroe, and they're coming to visit me. But I can I can lock down my 14, or I can try to put those 14 in a bubble. And then if something were to happen, and it will, there will be COVID outbreaks. We know this thing's not going anywhere. I have those open dates then to be flexible. And because college football does not have an overarching authority, the conferences do 
they then have the authority to move the chess pieces around if it fits them. Saw coming out of Baylor today, uh, I believe it was their <clears throat> athletic director quote, actually floated that possibility out there with the Big 12 too. With So obviously there's only 10 teams, but you could play a team a couple of times yeah. during, during the season. Uh, he floated that out there. Uh, it does feel to me, um, well, I think the Power 5 schools, despite what you just said, are going to try and work together. Uh, it, yeah. I think it just makes sense. But – this is going to kind of tie into the academia world a little bit where the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are very similar as far as how they're structured, you know, and then I would say the ACC. I think the Big 12 and the SEC politically and academically have more in common. I don't know. That's maybe fair. Maybe there's some yeah, synergy here. Um, maybe. I mean, I think if you're looking at natural partners here, I think the Pac-12 is on their own. Okay. I mean, I don't see a natural alignment for anybody with them right now. I think the ACC, if you read the tea leaves, will probably include Notre Dame and whatever they look like. Yeah, it looks like Which it. makes sense, um, but probably nobody else. And again, they have how many schools? 14. Yes. I, I think the Big 12's kind of t- caught in a weird spot with only 10 yeah. schools. If they want to play a full season, they're limited a little bit. But there's still that SEC... Uh, partner out there, and they've you've already seen them come together on a couple of different things. Yeah, a uh, bowl game plus that Big Twelve SEC challenge. Perhaps those two can get together and fill in some gaps um, if needed. Another thing to throw out there that I think is is very logical, especially when you look at former uh, Iowa State associate athletics director David Harris being at Northern Iowa. Uh, how do you replace the Cyhawk game? Uh, that seems pretty natural to me to let Northern Iowa drive over here uh, for for that game. Uh, I'm talking totally out of – I, I don't know. I've not heard that from anybody yeah. in the know. Well, but, the, and, I, and I I mean, that's being pretty optimistic, Brent. I'm not sure that we're even going to get to that point. Is Well, then you have to question uh, – because you're already playing South Dakota, which is a FCS school – they can't the, just two wins even. I don't think it matters. I don't this think year. I. I don't either. But I'm just saying that. No, would I be get a, it. Yeah, that would be a question mark. That, that would be a total joke if the <laughs> you can't come to the heart of Dallas Bowl because you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I get what point. you're saying. Good I've point. thought. I've thought about that too. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, I just I don't think it it's, matters this year. It's just, I, and I think this is where these conferences are at. Is they're trying to tighten their control as much as they can. And so this was the first salvo. And now you're in, these other conferences are going to have to react and they're going to have to react soon or else the questions are just going to get louder and louder. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's not a good day. I mean, it's a bad day. I, this I is think the we, first day, Brent, that I, I don't feel like we're going to have a season. And I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, but I can see how you get that, how, how that, this feels like the, the first big domino to fall throughout this thing. And it's been, you know, we've been pretty optimistic on this for the last yeah. two months, really. And it, and, and I, this week has not gone well um, on several fronts. <laughs> I feel and, like the last two weeks of really since I got COVID. <laughs> yeah. Let's blame Williams It's all gone, it's all it's, gone it's, straight to hell. It's, <laughs> and it's just, ah, it's just tough because there's so many pieces here that are going to be impacted by this. And um, yeah, but I'm, 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 you know, maybe they can piece this thing together and 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 make it work. Um, and truthfully, these power conferences, if they can keep it, you know, within their ten to fourteen schools, they would have more money to do the proactive testing and, and some mm-hmm. of the other things, um, and maybe bubble themselves off better than if you had these non-conference schools. But um, it's just it's it's going to be a wild. Here, Wild four weeks. I, I sound like a broken record, if you, and I'm, I apologize if you listen to our Sunday night show and if you listen to my radio show, you've, you've heard me say this. But it does not matter what – we're all asking the wrong questions. My question is, what are the regulations going to be? Yeah. If, if we're going by the CDC deal like what affected Dowling Catholic this yeah, week. you can't do that almost. It, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to throw all these college kids on a campus. And like, so that would be like, oh, the, the manager's girlfriend had a positive test. So the whole team has to quarantine. Uh, now, one thing that was told to me by a 
a source today for some insight. What we're going to do um, around Iowa State, at least, is they're going to do like the first string will practice against the third string and the second string will practice. Against, so they, Smart. they're separating them out. So that way, like all your wide receivers aren't wiped out if there's one positive test or whatever. But, but Brent, it comes down to though, if, if it is this current CDC guidelines for this, we're not going to have a season. Right. And, and I'm not criticizing the CDC. I'm just looking at like, cause you know, I have to say that because everybody makes things political these days, but I, I don't, I don't know how it's possible. No, it the what Iowa high school baseball and softball has shown us is if in that structure it won't work. Because you can't if you're like you said, if you have one person was in contact, then you have to shut everything down for two weeks. That doesn't work for the college football schedule. What I think would be more likely is what the uh Major League Baseball will have in place, the NBA will have in place, some of these professional sports that can test every day, uh, is is you you have to have two negative tests in back-to-back days to, to come back. And they don't, they don't remove everybody who's been in contact. Mm-hmm. They only remove those people who have tested positive. So if that's the case, we got a shot. Yeah, and so here's, here's why I'm optimistic a little bit. I'm not optimistic the way the testing is going in this country. Correct. Because you're seeing some backlogs now as cases have risen. And you're getting back to the delays where uh, I took a test because of you. <laughs> and it was it was 18 hours. It was fine. Yeah. Um, our friends at the Iowa Clinic, kudos yeah, to them. They did a really good really job well. for us, too. Um, wife and I both got tested and went really well, smooth. But as these cases have risen, I've heard that there's a lot more backups to get tested. And then the difference in a week for my wife to get her second test compared to the first one, the first one you call boom, get right in the second one. They're like, Oh, it'll be five days. And it was just like, Holy crap. And you saw it recently with major league baseball over the July 4th weekend is they had like a three, four day backup because of a new, uh, not even the the test service, but of the, uh, the postal carrier because FedEx didn't operate on the holiday. And so they got backed up, and so these players had to sit. Yeah. Um, and so that's a major issue because if you if you don't know if you're positive or not, well, you have you have to be precautious and and stay away. That, well, that that's happened, a problem. That happened to me. I I started showing symptoms for the first time like super late, like eleven o'clock on like a Friday night, and I couldn't get tested until Monday at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then I you know didn't get the results for twenty four hours. And that's like four and a half days that had passed that now luckily I locked myself in my basement because I had a pretty damn good feeling. But, you know, not everybody has symptoms. Yep. Like that. And and that's why this is why I'm optimistic. So that's one side of the coin, which I, I agree. If 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 these players, these student athletes and really people on campus are getting tested that way, it's not gonna work. Because you'd have too much of a backup mm-hmm. before a game day to understand who's gonna be available and who's not. However, these schools with resources, not just for college athletes by, or student athletes, by the way, I think colleges in general, a lot of them will have these, these student health centers on campus that may have the capability to move these forward a lot quicker. And at Iowa State, I don't know if it's public knowledge yet, but it will be. I mentioned, I think, on the podcast with Jared when you were out, Chris, is they're go- Iowa State's going to use the vet diagnostic lab, which is the state-of-the-art lab used for animal testing. Mm. Um, but That's they're going to process it for COVID testing once students get back on campus, student athletes included, the thought being they can turn around that in four hours. Wow. Um, and so Iowa State's at a real good advantage here. If we get to the testing part where you know, hey, we'll test this person A, we'll know in four hours if they're positive or negative. That really helps the turnaround yeah, no time doubt. to contact trace and then eliminate some people. Now, will those other schools have that advantage? Probably not to that extent. And so you're kind of at the at the uh, mercy of your testing system, but at least for Iowa State, and I think I think some of these larger campuses will have a more robust testing system in place because they, unlike perhaps our federal government, have been planning for this for several months because they know they're going to have all these thousands of students on campus. They have to figure out a way to do this and do this quickly, not just for student athletes, by the way. Iowa State's going to use the vet diagnostic lab for all incoming students that are going into the dorms because they want to process them and try and, you know, cut this virus off as soon as it gets on campus. This is the Sue Cup Summer Series, Episode 1, 
not the jovial conversation we normally have, but those are coming. Um, we we were going to do the top transfer. We ranked the transfers from the 2010. This uh, is why decade. that came up. So uh, guess guess what happened ten years ago this weekend? Uh, Royce White committed. Correct. How about that? I remember that day very well. It was so that. It, it's actually. We'll, we'll, our next podcast, hopefully, we'll, we'll do that and not another, uh, you know, yeah. the world is ending podcast. But there were 29 transfers to Iowa State basketball in the last decade that just concluded. Jeez. 29 of them. Wow. And you'd be amazed. I, I was just putting together my top 10 before we, we did the audible here. I had an NBA player outside my top 10. Holy mackerel! So I mean, it, it was there are oh, it was a, a loaded list that was kind of fun to go through. So All right, we'll um, get there. But get, but for the testing part, Chris, I think yeah. there's these student athletes. If they can be more like the professionals, which is a weird thing to say, but have that ability to be tested every day or every other day, I think we have a shot here. The point was raised to me if we're just talking about. Um, and we're not talking about like the health of fans and stuff, okay? Correct. We're just talking about the health of the student athletes. They're already on, I, this was framed to me by somebody today. They're already on campus. Yep. They're actually safer if they're competing because they have a reason to not go out to the bars and to, um, you know, to be gallivanting around campus and stuff like that. You so, just, but you can't. You can't say, say that. I know, and that's, but I that's, did. I, agree. I know, but I'm, <laughs> and I agree. I said that during our podcast on Sunday. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. The problem is, it's a, it's a, who's responsible for, yeah. you know, if, the, if something happens, and you these these schools anymore just can't accept that risk or that liability. Okay, so I've I agree. Gotten, I agree, though. I've gotten these two questions more today than anything. And we kind of tackled this on Sunday. Um, the the one, one question is, how can these athletic departments that make tens of millions of dollars a year not have any, like, cash saved up? Yeah. I get that one a lot. And then I get, okay, what is worst-case scenario? Like, what does it mean if college – what does the Ice Age mean? Um, let's tackle the Ice Age one first. Okay. Because I, I think it's a juicier topic, and I think that um, – it's more relevant right now. Um, I, you know, Brent, the only thing that I can think of, here's the deal. Um, I don't see the state bailing these athletic departments out because the state's going to be in a whale of an issue of its own bad spot. The state's not going to have 40 or whatever the deficit is. Just, just Uh, think of sales tax. Yeah. Okay. That alone. I mean, how much that would have dropped off in those two and a half months when people were mostly inside. I mean, yeah, yeah. the state is the state and is going unemployment. to yeah unemployment. Uh, yep, income tax. I mean, the state is is going Re- to be revenues a, down and expenses are up. Plus the expense of handling a public health crisis. Yeah, okay. state is going to be in no position to help out athletics. So my point is, like, where does the money come from? And like, the only thing I can think of, and I have asked around about this a little bit today. And, I mean, other than just shutting the athletic department down, which to me, like, there are doomsdayers out there who will say that could happen. I don't buy it. Like, as a businessman, these properties are still valuable. Correct. Like, they're, they're, they're still, even a year from now, you know, let's say we don't have football. And let's say they kick off in September of 2021. A lot of people will be like, well, you know, well, baseball, they had their strike and it took them years to get. This is not the same thing. I actually think that there'll be people clamoring to get back to Jack Trice Stadium. So I don't I don't believe that it's I don't believe that it's like the death and gone forever. No, Um, but it does come back to what we discussed on Sunday. And that is who's going to give these athletic departments a 50 million dollar loan? Is it, you know. Is it banks? Is it the federal government? Is it, I, I don't know. Uh, is it like, would the state do that? And like to make some interest back from the, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but that's, they have to get a mega loan of some giant sum to be able to pay their employees. Yeah. I mean, so it's either you get a loan or you're going to have to start eliminating sports. Which Iowa State, 
This is important to point out. You have to have 16 sports to be Division One. Iowa State only has 18. So there's not a lot of room to cut there. Yep. So you eliminate sports, and then part and parcel of that is you, you eliminate jobs. But, I mean, it, correct. It's going to be tough to tally up enough jobs, though, to make up no, for that deficit. You know, right. These people in the athletic department, other than a select few, are not rich. Right. Well, that, and I think that's important to note because we hear about the head coaches for the major sports and their salaries, but you would be surprised if you if you go through your your rank and file staff members that aren't coaches, mm-hmm. but even some of the coaches in in the Olympic sports, they're not, no. you know, they're not making mega bucks here. And what I've heard a little bit, and you saw this with Stanford, because Stanford cut whatever eleven sports, eleven, yeah, and then some smart, really smart people who I respect. Say, well, Stanford has a $27 billion endowment. Um, but endowments aren't just general dollars that can be used for a rainy day. Endowments are tied up with specific areas on campus. And there's actual legal ramifications, like yep. a certain percentage that you can only... Yeah, Pat so, Forty wrote a really good piece about that. Yep, endowments are really tricky. And Iowa State's endowment is really close to, although um, I don't think it quite got over there, it's about $1 billion. Um, which has increased about 70% in the last three years. Good job, boy. Yeah, yeah, it's not all me. It's all you. Um, but <laughs> they can't just, they can't just, point being, you can't just take from that fund and say, oh, we're going to support our athletics for a little bit um, to try and make ends meet. Now, specific donors could potentially say, hey, we don't want Iowa State, you know, we don't want you to have to lay people off. We don't we'll, want the golf program to we'll, blow up. We or, will, we will, you know, try and support it with cash dollars now. But I mean, that's what, one thing, but you can't, you can't just take from the reserve of the endowment and, and pay these off. Could you, I, I don't even, I don't think this is feasible, but like, we hope we don't have to get there though, by the way. No, I, mean, I know, but there's going to be belt tightening. Regardless. But like, I'm saying like, just for, because these are what these people are asking me. Like, uh, if football is canceled, what does the Ice Age mean that Jamie Pollard references? Yeah. Can, how, like, would the state, like, regions allow you to run at the deficit for, hey, we're going to do this for five years I, to I, get caught? I don't, cut. Know. I don't yeah. like, and, and can you? Like, because this is like the, you know, the Paycheck Protection Act thing, right? Well, yeah, it's a great thought, but, like, if the money's not there to go into your account, then it doesn't work. Like, how do you pay these people? And and this is what I was told. One more thing. That this is a complication with spring football. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. we'll play the game in the spring. Well, how are you going to pay your people? When those checks aren't coming in in the short term. Yes. Yeah. 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 Things you, you never thought you'd have to think about. Because that's been there for the last 130 years. There's this always a football just season. seems like a nightmare that we're not waking up from. Yeah. And, you, and again, it's like I reference. It's an invisible bomb because it's there, but you don't know what it really means and when it's going to go. Um, and so you're just trying to hold it off and hold it off and hold it off thinking that it might go away. Um, but the other, this is what I think is the most bothersome is you don't know when the end is, but you also don't know, even if you shut everything down and you're, and you, you cut off your own legs, you don't know if that will really help. I mean that, I think that's just the most frustrating for me and, and everything is, like you said earlier, you can you can eliminate college sports, okay, and maybe it'll it'll prevent some spread for these student athletes and coaches. But if it's still around, then it's still around, and I just, I mean, I, you can't. I I get you can't take the risk, and you can't have that liability on you for playing a game in a sport. But I mean, you could be you know really destructive to these organizations when. You know, I don't know if what, it's really ultimately I mean, going to help in the long run. You know, like, and then the collateral yeah. of all the businesses and hotels and Ames. In Ames, and yeah, like, for I sure. I mean, even our business, like, yep. we've already had to go to extreme measures. By the way, if you guys want to support us, you can become a patron or a premium subscriber. It's, but, like, and the, my point being, like, I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand. And, and I know, like, for us, like, if if college, if football season gets canceled... Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that will go away, and, and some won't come back. Um, the other thing I've heard is that 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 have propped up some athletic departments in the past, not not to the tune of fifty million dollars, whatever it would be. 
um, is student I, fees. The only reason I threw that and, out there is because yeah. I looked at the numbers from the USA Today database. Yep. So, the, I mean, the Big 12 con, uh, payout is about $45 million. Yeah. So, if you, if you throw that in. Plus tickets. And, plus tickets. You're looking pretty close to 60? $55, $60 million. Um, when, so you're, the, when your total budget's 90 95 I mean, that's. The other question I've been getting a lot in. I don't want to be out over my skis too much here, but people are like, well, why don't you, like, you're making all this money. Why do they spend it all every year? Why why aren't you saving some? Well, there's two answers to that. One, there's not many businesses that act that way. I mean, there's not a lot of Berkshire Hathaways out there that are sitting on billions of dollars of cash. But two... Uh, especially in a competitive world where you're, you're, you know, you're trying to grow, hire new staff. Like, you know, they hired a new nutrition for the football team this year. They went out and invested in a new strength coach. You know, you're trying to get better. Two, it's that pesky tax exempt deal. Yeah. Where you can't, it's, you guys can go and look. I'm, I don't want to get into amateurism, any of that stuff, but the, I mean, it's a, it's part of the, the system and you can't show, too much of a gain. At the, there's a reason why when you look at that USA Today database every year that these athletic departments spend exactly what they make or right around there because you don't want to sh- – it's the same thing as if you if you do your taxes and if you're a 1099 employee and anything, you try and yeah, have something as a loss expenses, yeah, yep. against it. It's the exact same mindset. So, like, think of it that way because I, a lot of people don't understand, Brent, like, well, how can you make $50 million from the Big 12 – and then, like, have one thing go wrong, and it's like a time bomb. Well, that's why. Because yep. you don't have... And then, and Iowa State's been really proactive and efficient in doing that in projects in the last 10 years for GB. Yeah. And those don't come for free. So, I think it's 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 been a really big plus for Iowa State. I mean, the uh, Enzuka Benzone, mm-hmm. uh, Enzone Club, but then, you know, the... South end zones, I think it's $25, $30 million. You've got the Student Performance Center going up right now, which is going to be awesome. But that was $85 million. Like, there are costs in addition to just salaries. So you can't just say, well, just cut the coach's salaries because there's there's more to that. And, you know, so what props some of these athletic departments up are student fees and then uh, just general university funding. Well, those are very unlikely with the current climate too because Iowa State as a whole and all these higher education institutions – are going to get squeezed by this pandemic as well. So you can't just you can't just go to the mothership and say, "Hey, we yeah. need fifty million dollars here," because campus as a whole is uh, going to be in a tough spot. Okay, um, so there you go. There's the answer to that question. I, without being too negative here, um, you know, there's there's part of me, man, that's just sad for everybody um, because. And again, like we, I hate having to clarify this, but I got an angry email from a listener on Sunday thinking that we're, you know, being sensationalizing the virus and all. No, we're not like you. So I, I don't really care what your guys's political views are or what you think of this. Like the fact of the matter is that the virus is, it's real. Um, and it's, it's beyond the control of Matt Campbell or Jamie Pollard as to how, and we saw that happen today. This is not my and Brent's view. <laughs> like we're not out here screaming herd immunity and we're not out here screaming. We're all going to die. We're just trying to analyze the world as it is and put things in perspective for Iowa Which state I, fans. And I hope we've done a pretty fair job the, of that. Yeah. I think this guy was months. pretty far, uh, in the one direction. Um, I say that um, only in the sense, Brent, that um, we just have to be so careful because there's people who are listening to this who have lost a loved one too, you know, to this. And um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I say that with full respect for that, but I'm sad for Iowa State fans because I, I, I truly, in my heart think that this is I thought that this was going to be the best football season of my lifetime um as an Iowa Stater and it just like I don't even want to make light of it like oh it's the most Iowa State thing ever like I've said that yep 
this sucks because not only that, but I, I think that, I mean, like women's basketball has a special place in our heart. I yeah. thought that that was maybe a sweet sticks team team this year. Maybe it still will be. I hope so. But well, I, and then you start looking down the road. It's like, when is, when is this over? And wrestling's coming around. And I, yeah. I think prom did a pretty good job on the recruiting trail. And like, I, this sucks. Like, especially for the football thing. Like I just, you know, I think Campbell is going to get off the schneid against Ference this year. Like, yep. I mean, who cares? Like, that's pretty irrelevant no, at did, this point. But, but, like, it's sad for Iowa State fans. I'm sad for everybody. Yeah. I just, that's why today, I know, I mean, you, you felt that it might be coming, that something, some sort of this would happen. But it was very just, um, you know, like a gut punch. Like, man. So this this isn't this is still this is still here and this is still going to impact us for the foreseeable future and it's just it's brutal it's brutal. Let me give you a couple stats here. Uh, Brett McMurphy from the the stadium. He pulled. Um, how many athletics directors did he talk to? Like a hundred and five or something like that. The guy is sourced in. He is actually. I think he's probably the premier. Dennis Dodds kind of rubbed me the wrong way during the yeah, pandemic. He's been a negative yeah, Nancy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he's, it, you know, it turns out he's probably going to be right on I everything. Know. But he's just kind of <laughs> like, he seemed to me like one, the whole time one of those media members, it's like, what do you not want this to happen, dude? Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah, for he's me. that guy. He yep. stood out to me. And I, I really like his work, too. I'm and not, there's, a, there's a, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, there's a couple others. Um. Okay. This is a uh, 115 of 130 FBS athletic directors. Wow. Good job, Brett. Brett McMurphy got a hold of, okay? The season, here are all the different scenarios. The season starts as scheduled. 27% of athletic directors believe it'll start as scheduled. Well, um, I mean, just the non-conference games in the Big Ten alone probably – so that's probably it's not going to uh, only twenty two percent of Power Five athletic directors believe that the optimistic thirty one percent of um, non Power Five athletic directors. <laughs> How bad do they have to feel right oh, now? Oh, they're what about the Bowling Green guy? Ugh. They're out like one point seven million or one point two million from the two Big Ten games they lose. I bet Pollard's phone's going off the hook tonight. By the way, from some of these Mac schools oh, for sure. Wanting there'll to be no shortage of no. The, they'll replace the Iowa game pretty easily. Really if, easily. Yeah. My guess is he would call David Harris and give him the opportunity because of that. their history together. Yep. Um, conference only games with a delayed fall start. This is telling to me 45% of Power 5 athletic directors believe that's what will happen. Hmm. That is the highest number of this entire poll. Um, and then the negative, or the again, the optimistic non-Power 5 ADs, 9% of them are on board with that. Uh, okay, a delayed false start, but a full 12-game schedule, this is very telling to me. That a full game, 12-game schedule, with a delayed false start, only 8% yeah. of Power 5 athletic directors believe that will happen. So let's let's extrapolate this. So let's say the Big Ten has 10 games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that enough for a playoff? Is that enough for bowl eligibility? I mean, you're going to have to have some sort of agreement in place that you need this number of games to be played. And I understand the Big Ten, you know, wants to keep it in house, but then are they are they ineligible then for, um, you know, the college football playoff? I mean, where where does this stop? Because let's say the Big Twelve and the SEC says, okay, Big Ten, you made your choice. That's fine. Good for you. We're going to play our full 12 games. We'll fill it in. But because we're playing 12, you're playing 10, you're de facto then eliminated yourself from the college football playoff. Sorry. Same with you, Pac-12. You're not going to play. You're going to play conference games. So it looks like the only schools remaining are those that play a full 12-game schedule. Iowa State, like, Alabama. If, if you want to look at it from a competitive advantage, there is something to that. And that's why I think it would behoove 
the Big 12 and the SEC to just slow down. Like, you don't have to be reactionary just go now. Just s- straight right wing, well, too, and no, just be like, hey. No, but for real. Like, I, I, it, their fan base is, like, in these like, – think about the Big 12 – and yeah. think about the SEC. The I, fan bases would love it. But what's the difference between ten and twelve games, really? I mean, uh, what, how much more not. are you protecting? Like you can, you can be that you know super conservative from the Big Ten standpoint. We're not going to put our student athletes in harm's way. It's like, well, we'll play an additional two games. We'll be eligible for the playoff, and then we'll get that that money that will really help our athletic departments. Like, I I don't. So that this that creates so many more questions that. I don't know if there's an authority to answer, and it would be a huge old mess. If somebody texted me now, uh, or this today, they're like, well, this will really put a big uh, question mark into um, the Big Ten versus Big 12 debate if there's no non-conference games. Like, well, that's true, but God, I, I, I still think if the Big 12 wants to play 12, um, there could be an advantage there. Uh, this this is hilarious to me when we start just breaking these down, like the difference between the non-Power 5 ADs and the Power 5 ADs. It tells you the disconnect in, uh, there's just, you know, that Bowling Green AD was pissed. And he put out that whole thing about, oh, we're not working together. No, you're not. It, this is an autonomy versus uh, yeah. the, the haves and the have-nots are being separated greatly now, as if they weren't already. So the 12-game schedule starting in the spring okay 33 percent of non-power five athletic directors believe this will happen only three percent of power five ad's would do the spring thing yeah what's your thought i mean i, I mean financially we talked about it but so i just don't the see weather how, hurts like yeah i actually asked that question to somebody today and i said when would um jack trice be ready for and they, they said probably april 1st is the earliest is what I was. So you, what you would fight then is then you're having to have a the 2021 season potentially. Well, pretty. and you're. I mean, Iowa State would play like its first six games in Texas, basically. Yeah, and then uh, or whatever for those NFL prospects. Good I, luck seeing them. Matt Campbell would. He's he. Matt Campbell would be like, yeah, we'll just we'll play all of our games on the road. He just wants yeah. to play. <laughs> That's like you feel bad uh, for that guy. I mean, I heard his press conference. And he, he just wants to. He just wants to go. He just out wants to compete, and it's just he's helpless. Should we end this on some good news? I'm I am an optimist. No college football in 2020, 2021 season. Only of all the 115 athletic directors who responded, only seven percent believe that will be the case. Eleven percent from Power Five. Uh, only five percent uh, from that optimistic non-Power Five group. And you're. I, I don't think we're going to have a season at this point. I'm, I, I hope I'm wrong. I think they have to try. I think they have to try. If they only play seven, eight games, they only play seven, eight games. But you have to try. I think if it's conference only, okay. Um, at least you get something there. At least you get some games to be seen. At least you get some payouts from television, which will help immensely as we talked about and I think you can control enough I still do I mean we've got seven weeks eight weeks to figure out the testing like I talked about these schools will have some some robust testing in place that should be able to help in this um so we'll see I still think there's there's a little bit of time not a lot of time but I think there's enough people that are going to fight for this and not just throw in the towel like was happening in March. Because in March, Chris, it was a different environment where mm-hmm. we knew nothing about this. We have a pretty good idea, and there are leagues successfully doing this. In a perfect world, we were more like Europe, where they got it pretty much contained now. We're not. Um, so, <laughs> we're well past that. I mean, it's just, <laughs> but I, I, do think, I do think there is a bit of a model if you can, if you can find a way to c- control the testing aspect, isolate, I still think it could happen. And then you build enough of a buffer in the schedule that if there is a couple outbreaks here and there, that uh, you have a bye weeks in place. So I still think there is some sort of a season. But today generally was a downer. But uh, maybe the sun will come up tomorrow. Um, I am on vacation next week. I am taking my podcast equipment and my computer. It's going to be busy. Yeah, I... (laughs) So originally we booked this week because it was like, okay, I'm going to go the week before Dallas 
and then just fly down to Dallas for the Big 12 Media Days. Well, obviously, uh, we're, we're going to have – so it's on the schedule to have a virtual media day for the Big 12 on the 20th and 21st of July. So we're still planning on covering that as usual. And uh, I hope that we're still having a football season. I, I think we will. I, I, I do think, Brent, as pessimistic as I might be now, I, I think that this is a last-minute deal if they'd end up canceling anything. Yes. They're not going to do it. It, it. I'm talking like August 15th. Like yes. uh, This is not a they're going to call the season next week no, or anything. I, I think the worst case is they go conference only next week. Yes. Yeah, that will be – and I still don't think they're going to go that far. I, I think, think I think they had the opportunity to do that today if they yep. wanted to. Yep. And uh, the silence from a couple conferences was interesting to me. Maybe I'm reading too much. No, into I, that, I don't think you are. I think I think it makes a lot of sense um, for go, various reasons. Go back to our conversations in late March. Yes, we said the same thing about the Big Twelve and the SEC. Politics are greatly involved here, uh, and these are two leagues that are in conservative strongholds, uh, and and they just are with conservative governors. With uh, it, I I think that there's a possibility here. Can I mention one more thing on that? Yes. The move today by the Big Ten was not because one of their states said, you can't play football. Okay? Let's point that out. Mm-hmm. This was a Big Ten proactive move for serving their best interest, whatever they think their best interest is. Because of that, you also saw a couple of things. Bring it back to politics a little bit. You saw a statement from the governor of Iowa. who was disappointed there would be no Iowa-Iowa State football game this year. You also saw Senator Grassley um, with a comment, also disappointed. Whatever you think of their opinions. How old is grass? Uh, 80. Yeah. We need to just tell all politicians. I don't want to bring that over up. Over the age of like 75 to stop tweeting. I, <laughs> but uh, not, not the, not the content. It's more like the, like they don't know when to like capitalize. <laughs> you know what I mean? The grammar. That's what I'm talking. Like, okay, whatever. I yeah. Like, but I think, but this was not, this you, was not it's like quit yelling at me. <laughs> this was not a governor of a state saying you can't play. No, he was so pissed that he's a yeah. Northern Iowa grad. Right. So it's, it's, but he would love us to support Senator Grassley. I mean, we're sitting here, we're saying, like, well, no, we'll play Northern Iowa, bring him yeah, dames. But to support your point, this was a Big Ten decision. This was not, this was not a college football decision. This was not a government decision. Um, so it's, Again, these schools can be proactive and, and serve, you know, the health and safety and all that stuff. But if they if they don't do that, there's nobody telling them you can't play. So just keep that in mind here. Like this is not a this is not somebody saying you, you just you can't play at all. Um, it could come from the top down, and that would be the 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 presence of these institutions. Well, but, but the president of the United States is not going to do correct. That. And I, the governor of Iowa is not going Correct. to do that. Correct. So I'm just, I mean, again, whether you think one way or another on this. I don't I'm, care I'm, what you think politically. Like, we're just analyzing the situation in front of correct. us. Correct. So I just, I, this was a Big Ten thing. It was not a um, government or oversight thing. And the Big Ten didn't really say when they would start their season. They didn't. They didn't. And they have, they have 14 teams, so they could play a full 12-game schedule, they too, just themselves. To. So they still have that flexibility, and they said they would come out with some more schedule stuff next week. So we'll see what they do. If you know, I heard ten games. Who do you want a piece of? Like if if the clones play a couple of Big Twelve teams twice, who do you want a piece of? Herman? Do, you, do we want? I kind of want Baylor. I want Baylor again. I'd like Baylor twice, just to beat the crap out of those guys. What and about K State? K State. Damn, I'd like to so, beat them, twi- I, I but they probably they, beat us yeah, twice. I mean, they're just. Because they're just... They're just grimy. That was not a fun game down there. <sighs> I watched that game. Hey, you in were in the, the Bahamas. The Dallas-Fort Worth Air, Airport oh, with Eric Haft. We went to some seafood shack and had some beers. Which, speaking of Heft, he is hopefully going to be a part of the summer series. Yeah, yeah. stories yeah. there, Heft. That'll be great. Um, maybe we can just do one with Walters, too. How about that? I, I think that would be great. I also uh, I was doing some research on this. Um, the almost cyclones. You'd be amazed at the cyclones that I would say was in their final two or three, and they went somewhere mm-hmm. else. And it's you know a the, long, long list. I have a list of guys somewhere that I used to call on when they were recruits. Like basically the McDermott era, 
Like TJ was in on a lot. Of, like oh, a lot of guys. One of the, um, who's the guy played for the Cavs? He dated the Kardashian. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. he visited. He did. I mean, there's a lot. It's a yeah. it's a pretty impressive. Tristan list Thompson was my boy. We used to like text and stuff. <laughs> now is he still day. with a Kardashian? I, I don't know. Check uh, my people. I don't know. But thanks to um, Sukup, Sukup Manufacturing. Yeah, they're the best. They really are. They really are. Uh, we appreciate their uh, partnership with us. Uh, I mean this, and I don't want to make this about us because it's not. Like, we couldn't be doing what we're doing without our loyal um, subscribers, our, our premium members, our Patreon members. I hope you guys are enjoying what you're getting out of it. Um, a little bit uh, of a tease. I'm going to be posting a special edition um, premium notebook tonight. It's about 10 o'clock right now. We're it, So it'll be about midnight. It'll show up for you guys. But just, I have been, believe it or not, I don't just sit around and watch NASCAR all day. I've been on the phone all day trying to get a decent read on what this means. Because there's a lot of fans out there, Brent. Like, oh, you this, know, is, this they, is their livelihood. Six Saturdays, man. Yeah. Like, that's what they... I had my mother-in-law. It's like, so how many home games are we going to have? I'm like, Deb, figure it out. Deb, I don't even know I if you're going to be able to tailgate. Right, right. Would, would Deb even want to go to the game if she can't tailgate? Probably not. Yeah, it's going to say. Oh. Have God, fun somewhere else. God bless her. Yeah, it's a good time. No, I'm going to the Lake of the Ozarks. Enjoy, um, my friend. I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to be – there's just certain things, man, like this stuff runs through my blood. And, like, this to me feels like the Big 12 missile crisis. Yeah. There's no way I would have been able to go and relax on a lake during the Big 12 missile crisis. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to try, but I'm just so keyed up. I'm still really weak from the COVID deal. And it's just like, I I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to go down there and it will be really good for my daughters and I'm going to try and unplug and do all that stuff. And my, and my wife, of course. But I just, man, I'm... I'm really concerned. Just we have so many friends. I'm like you. You work at Iowa State. You know, I have just friends who I'm just, you know, concerned for. Yeah, I mean, it's, and all the student athletes yep. we get to work with, and it, there's a there's so many industries that have been impacted by this. College sports have held it off. Think for about a if you're bit. the guy who owns Welch Avenue Station yep. or Patties or yep. like just uh, anything in Ames. Yep. This would this this for. For a reason, hits hits really close to home. If so. you manage, if you're the Iowa State or hotel or the Memorial Union or anything like, I it just you really and I don't. We'll wait and see on our government and like more payout things for people, but I'm really just sad right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and the problem is, um, you knew the Big Twelve missile crisis would have an endpoint. Yeah, and, and to this point, for the pandemic we don't know we hope the vaccine works and we hope it's effective but you know we have one there's several in development (laughs) that we hope that are effective but i just well you're breaking news no i mean there's there's a lot out there and some promise there's some promising candidates and i'm an optimist like i said but i just yeah i think that's what's weighing on me chris especially the last two weeks have been really hard and it had to be more hard for you because you've actually dealt with a thing dude but it's uh i get it it's it's been rough i don't want to I was I was talking to a friend earlier today about this. I don't want to make it about me and talk about it. But I also feel like I have a little bit of a responsibility. Like this this deal's like legit. Yeah. If it affects you, I mean I'm three and a half weeks, whatever, and I walked to my mailbox yesterday and about died. Like I like just completely out of breath. To the point where um now, I'm at the point now where I can sit here with you and talk, and it's fine. Um, but that first night we did the podcast afterwards, like, yeah. I couldn't say more than, like, three sentences Struggling. without needing to die. Just walking up the stairs. Yeah. Like, so this is a deal where – and I, I didn't even have to go on, like, a ventilator or anything. Like, I had it pretty easy compared right. to most folks. This is a real deal. Like, I, I – is it worth shutting down our con- – I don't know. I don't have the answers to all that, but I, but I do – I don't know. It is. It's a scary deal. Like it, and it. I don't know. I I feel really kind of just lucky that I. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't think I was ever going to die or anything no, like that, but, but it, you're, it's a real thing. I, and I, we don't know the long-term effects on it. Like there's just so many unknowns. Yeah. And I think that's what makes these decisions really hard for administrators is because, you know, you, you can look at the data and go, well, you know, the, well, the, the death rate survival or... rate for a young person is really low, but you know, what is that magic number that it's, you know, I think the death rate too, like that whole conversation that I don't hear enough people point out. Um, I think the mortality rates dropped because people are smarter. Like if they have pre-existing conditions, if you're like a severe diabetic, you're probably not hanging out at Walmart or going to a bar. Right. So that's good that our society's gotten smarter. Yeah. No, I, right. No. And, and you'll see it. And we'll see that at Jack Trice this fall. Keep, like those people shouldn't be going to the games. I, yes. And it, it, this isn't catching anybody off guard now. Like they don't know about it. And so you're not. Oh yeah. Like remember in March, like, Nobody wore a mask. Yep. Couldn't even get them if you wanted to. Yep. Like, I remember my wife, we shipped a bunch of um, masks because they had some extra to Sage's girlfriend in Minneapolis who was working in the hospital and she was reusing the same one over and over and over again. Like, we don't have that problem now. Yep. So that's good. Yeah. They're, and you've gotten better at some of the treatment areas from what I understand. But, um, yeah, I just, that that's the issue though, Chris, is I don't, I don't know what the end is and there's no end date here. And so I think that, 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 that <laughs> promotes both sides of the coins. Like, well, if we don't know when this is going to end, then what's the point in, you know, not living. I'll tell you when the end date is the sugar bowl. <laughs> what's end on that. Uh, hey man, I'm if, if Iowa state goes to the sugar bowl during a pandemic, they still went to the sugar bowl. <laughs> we can still print the t-shirt it's still on it. the t-shirt. The, the, I'm gonna can't lose, take that t-shirt away. I'm going to lose my mind one of these nights about this being the most Iowa state thing ever, but I can't do it right now because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be unprofessional, but trust me, I'll be unprofessional <laughs> at, at some, some point. point. So all right. Um, it, for the, for our listeners to no podcast Sunday night, uh, as I'm going to be down at the Lake of the Ozarks. However, Brent and I have already discussed if all hell breaks loose next week, which I fully anticipate it will, uh, we're going to dial up the zoom and we will do something for you guys here on the cyclone fanatic podcast network. How can you help? You can rate and review our podcast. That helps us. You can become a Patreon member starting at just $5. And then if you go to $10 a month, you get a koozie in the mail. $20 a month is you get all sorts of goodies like the Zoom call every month. Uh, $10 and $20 a month, you get the uh, weekly insider newsletter, which I think people have really enjoyed. Uh, We've got all that and more. Thank you very much, uh, Brent. Appreciate you as always. Hey, enjoy uh, beautiful Ozarks. I will. Uh, thanks to our friends at Sukup Manufacturing. We'll do the top trans. We'll rank our transfers from the 2010 era, 2010 to 2020 of Iowa State basketball on episode two of the Sukup Summer Series here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.